You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. In-depth conversations. Matchup breakdown. Analysts on every game. Everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Fourth down in the Steel City, Crowley, Dunlap, the Steelers officially not in the hunt. Well, that's not true. Mathematically still alive, Colin. There's a point zero 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 four percent chance they could make it in. What do you think? They run the table and get this bitch? Huh. Um, no, well, here's the thing. Even if they run the table, wouldn't they still need help from someone else? Oh. They need all all the help. Yeah. So whenever you're that team, I'm just, the season's over. The season's done. I just, um, I'm at a weird place in time trying, and and I don't try to convince people. I'm a big, you make your, here's my opinion. If you agree with it, so be it. If not, so be it too. They're opinions. They're not facts. Uh, So that being said, I, I don't try to sway people to my side ever. I just put mine out there. But I'm at a place right now where I'm trying to understand the people right now, both media and non-media types in our city and in Steeler Nation, who won't criticize Mike Tomlin at this point, who still think, and part of their biggest ammunition is, you know, if he got fired, he'd get hired by 20 other teams right now before he even made it to his car. What... How is one and one, two in that equation? How does, what does that have to do with being the best possible voice for the Pittsburgh Steelers? I'm totally with you on that. And I just wrote this up for the email to send tomorrow for the, uh, for some topics for our highly rated radio show, Colin. Gigantically rated. Gigantically rated. I'm going to be relieved when he loses his ninth game because I'm so tired of that getting thrown in my face and, other people's face anytime that you have a conversation about Mike Tomlin. He's never had a losing season. Well, you know what? The expectation for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'm I'm full on there now, isn't not to have losing seasons and to be in the mix and in the hunt and sniffing around and not eliminated before the last week of the season. That ain't what it's freaking about. If the Pirates did that, I'd be elated. I would get meaningful baseball. That's not what I'm looking for. 
from the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm looking there's, for championships. There's been a metamorphosis and a shift that I heard today that's breaking news kind of on the whole Mike Tomlin losing seasons by some of the media members who I call the Pittsburgh Schillers. Um, and these people are out of their minds. I actually saw someone say this today on social media. Uh, this was more of a fan than a, than a media member, but a Schiller backed it up. They said, you know, people talk about Mike Tomlin in the non-losing seasons, but to his credit, it's a media creation. He's never once celebrated it. So now they're already giving him outs in a soft landing spot before the losing seasons uh, start. The, the organization rubber stamped it. The, the organization's fine with it. He's never been in trouble. There was a, a talk a few years back. Oh, they didn't give him the uh, same number of years on the contract they usually do. Maybe they're sending a message. No, they didn't send any message. They let him hire his own offensive coordinator and then not fire the guy and then let that offensive coordinator bring in his own boobs. This guy has as much power as any coach in the league. He has as much power as he's ever had. If that's not the organization saying we are happy with the non-losing seasons, what is it exactly? And – I want it to end. I want it to end. Now, I'm on the – here's what people miss, and it, I think they don't see the forest through the trees. You'll hear a lot of when they do have this first losing season, when he does have this first losing season, well, he deserves more opportunity. This is only his first losing season. Well, what if you don't want him here because he's underachieved terribly before the losing season? For 12. For Well, for With 12. With a Hall of Fame quarterback. Correct. The Killer Bees never won a Super Bowl. They never played in a Super Bowl, Colin. The Killer Bees never got there. They've given up 45 points in three straight playoff games. That has never happened in NFL history. It's not about the losing seasons. It's about the, holy crap, you haven't been a contender, a legitimate contender for years and years and years when you have a guy who's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer and a wide receiver that some would say at his apex was one of the top five wide receivers I'll of all time. advance it to more recent. And one thing that really stuns me is this. Um, Cam Hayward seemingly played alongside Ernie Stautner. He's been here so long, right? But you threw something at me today. I think that's really tough to even understand. It's that Cam Hayward played in what one AFC championship game? Yep. That's as deep as he's penetrated into the playoffs in 11 see, years. Right. You see Cam Hayward as this uh, bastion of steelerness, all that's right with the organization. A, a borderline Hall of Famer himself at this point, maybe. A, a man of the people, a guy that has never turned a charity down. It's it just a, a champion and a great football player. Hell, we've forgotten about Stefan too, and his career's come and gone. Um, but you look at Hayward and all he's accomplished. And if I were to just give a cursory fan who's not a Steeler fan in the league a quiz and say, hey, you know, and they go, yeah, I can't Hayward played the Super Bowl. No, he didn't. He just, he didn't. And, that, and he won't. And he won't. And he's not hurt. He didn't miss one. He wasn't suspended. It wasn't like he missed the season and they went. His team that he has been on has never been there. That's amazing. The regular requisite NFL fan would not guess that. They just no, wouldn't. You're right about that. And I fear that we are on a similar path for T.J. Watt. And T.J. Watt is a 
I mean, he's a transcendent figure for how good he is. He, he tied a single-season sack record last year in a year where he was hurt and didn't practice at all in the preseason. He's that good. Now, he's hurt now, obviously. I sort of toss it out. But we're flirting with it because this team ain't winning a Super Bowl next year. I mean, obviously. Uh, it's going to be at least two years if everything goes right for them to achieve legitimate contender status. How long into his career is he going to be then at that point? Six, seven years, you're Take getting the parallel there. form in which his brother's body broke down. It was right around this age. Yep. I and mean, he's not going to, by that time, be the force he is now and be able to help contribute in the same way whenever they do hopefully get to that place. And really, Jeff Halfman wrote about this on 937thefan.com. I was reading it before we started up here. The drafting over the last five years has been abhorrent. And I don't like to kick Kevin Colbert because he's a great guy, but he's part of that. Mike Tomlin, the head coach who's got a ton of power, is obviously a huge part of that. And I know that they bring in Andy Weidel and you've got Omar Khan, and so things might change a little bit. I don't think that the problem really in that marriage, the personnel uh, accruement marriage, was Kevin Colbert. So by that notion, I'm not convinced that it's going to get changed with Andy Weidel, if that makes sense. Because I think maybe the bigger half is still here as it relates to personnel. You just can't miss on first-round picks. And I'll say, I think they aired positionally and who they took the last three first-round picks. Kenny Pickett included. Pickett, Harris, Bush. I would not have taken any three of those guys. I just wouldn't. If Devin White wasn't there... You don't take a linebacker. You never take a running back. And unless you feel like your quarterback is someone who can play for you for a decade, then you don't get that guy or you wait for the time in which you trade up and can get that guy and you sell a bunch of draft capital for it or players or both for it. You go ahead and you draft in the top. You never, for me, take a quarterback. And look, Tom Brady, everybody's going to tell me and, and even Roethlisberger, okay, fine. But in this day and age, I take my chances in a quarterback in the top 10, and that's about it. Well, I think where the Steelers aired was for Devin Bush, they didn't draft a transcendent player. They drafted position. They went in with ILB circled, and it didn't matter who was there. They were going to trade up and get that guy. You trade up for transcendent players. They did so for Paul Amalu. They did so to get Santonio Holmes, and Santonio Holmes wound up winning a Super Bowl MVP. Those are the kind of guys you make moves for. In the draft, you don't just say, oh, we need an inside linebacker. Let's trade up and get that guy. And all the return they got in that Antonio Brown deal, they wasted on Devin Bush. So big failure, big failure for me taking Najee Harris. It says so at the time. And I still feel like now that was a massive misstep. I understand why they took Kenny Pickett. I don't have a huge problem with it. I, Especially if they would have done what I would have done, which is they didn't, obviously. But if they would have drafted Lyman the two years leading up to Kenny, like my draft history and their draft history are totally different. And I would have felt a lot better. Maybe you would have too, Colin. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but would you have felt better about taking a quarterback at 20 if you had two linemen had that you felt good about? Devin Jenkins or Lindenbaum or somebody like that, absolutely. Or if I would have had uh, Landon Dickerson even, you know, the draft before and not Najee Harris. Um, you may have not had Pat Fryermuth as well. 
But that's I'm okay with that. The way that it works, it's absolutely the way that it works. Yes, I would have. It's just they've aired, they've botched this, and more so than botching it, all all organizations and all sports botch things once in a while. The refusal of the new fangled Steeler fan to just admit they do anything wrong, mm. and they immediately label people my age and older as get off my lawn type people when you don't give the Steelers credit after credit after credit after credit and you're not a cheerleader when you just tell it like it is that is it's mind numbing and also people will get this you're spoiled what the frick am I spoiled about three playoff wins in 12 years what 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 am I spoiled I I didn't live in nine I mean I was born in 1976 I don't remember 1972. I don't remember 1979. What am I spoiled from? You can you want to say I'm spoiled. You know what I'm spoiled? Would Bill Cowher coach this team? Maybe. And there were AFC championship games and AFC playoff games at that place all the time. When I was going there and they were playing the Broncos. When I was going there and they were playing Indianapolis. When I was going there and they were playing the Jets. When there were playoff games after playoff games after playoff games. That's not happening anymore. No, it's not happening. And even when they've been around it in this non-losing season streak, the last few years of that streak, it's been you're either in and barely and getting your ass kicked or you're out. That's just not good enough. And if we are spoiled, right, As a, as a if the fans of this franchise are spoiled, okay, I'll run with that for a second then shouldn't the aim be to get back to what spoiled us in the first place instead of to just say, oh, no, this guy just keeps us in it. Spoil me again then. Get rid of him. Let's turn this franchise around. Let's or get spoiled again. say that we are, give me a timeline on which I can go ahead and reset when I'm allowed to demand winning again. Yeah, do we, do we have to go through 15 more years of suffering? Like, Right. If the milk is spoiled, when can I go buy new new milk? Like, am I allowed to start in two years, in three years, next year? When? When if it's spoiled? When does that clock reset? It's just, it's mind-numbing, and I'll say it, how freaking soft Steeler fans have become in terms of demanding a winner and how complacent they've come and how okay with average they've come. That's it blows my mind that Steeler fans, to me, feel like Broncos fans or feel like, mm. um, you know, I can't even think of a like. They, they feel like Chargers fans or they feel like, you know, fans of the Giants. It, that ain't it. No, it's not. And before we move on to the next segment here, sure. when the – Penguins got swept by the Bruins in the Eastern Conference Final. Ray Shiro came out, or maybe it wasn't Shiro, maybe it was ownership, because I think Shiro got canned at the same time, mm -hmm. came out and said, we, we are a franchise now that is stuck in the upper quartile. We aspire for more than that. And so they fired the guys. They wound up with Johnson. But then you got Sullivan, 
and you won a couple of championships. Now, they're kind of stuck in the same area the Steelers are right now, but at that point, they understood upper quartile is good because that's what people say all the time in the national media about the Steelers. Well, you you guys have no idea. You're so much better than 90% of the league because you're always right there. Okay, I'd like to be better than 99% of the league every now and again. The Eagles have figured that out. And they're not good every year, but they've had a couple of years of dominance now because they made a tough decision to get rid of the best coach in franchise history. I'll also counter that, too, with I think some people would be okay with really hitting the downs and being the Los Angeles Rams. Winning and then hitting rock bottom. I think people be okay with that. I mean, I would be because – their problem is they continue to be in the middle, and then you draft in the middle, and then it's just this cycle of, and now you don't even have a quarterback that can bail you out. There's not one person, if you were on Grand Street and you were having a parade and you were walking there, and there were the horses from the county and all these people, and they were throwing beads and throwing candy, and everybody was excited, and you were going nuts, and they were riding uh, on the top of those convertibles or whatever. Not one person, not one person standing there along the Boulevard of the Allies or along Grand Street, would be going, man, you know what? Now they might not win next year because they went all in this year. There's not one person in that moment that thinks that way. Not one. Nope, absolutely not. When we return, the Steelers players that I thought were good coming into the season aren't. It's fourth down in the Steel City. Matchup breakdown. Analysts on every game. Everything a Steelers fan could want. This is fourth down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Coming into the year, Colin, I thought that the Steelers had good wide receivers. I thought they had a running back that was trending towards being one of the better ones in the league. I thought that the Steelers had some elite pieces on defense. And I think I just totally overestimated how good the roster was. Deontay Johnson, he's getting paid $18 million, and he's simply not that guy. Najee Harris is simply not worthy of having been drafted in the first round. So just starting there on offense, when your number one wide receiver ain't close to a number one, and when your number one running back is getting outperformed by the likes of Benny Snell and Jalen Warren at times, where are you going to go? You're going to go to five and eight. And I thought those guys would be better. I think they thought those guys would be better. I thought I think they think those guys were worth building around. That's why Deontay got the money. And they're bigger question marks now than they are answers to the questions. Yeah, well, so those are the guys you thought would be better and they're not. Do you think it set the organization back moving into the moving into the future or just for the now? Well, I think it sets them back for both. Uh, Najee Harris, you could have had a lineman, and they have no designs on not giving him the ball. And he's been better since he's been healthier. There's no question, but has he been good good? I don't think so. Najee Harris' diamond doesn't good. He is find him on the scrap heap good. He is 
Um, you know, if you don't know his lineage and you don't know what he is in terms of being drafted in the NFL and where he was drafted, and you just said that's a fifth round back or that's a free agent pickup that was drafted in the fourth round four years ago, I'd go, okay, that's good value there. That's fine. James Conner, when healthy, was a better player than Najee Harris. No doubt about it. Yes. As yes. a third round pick. There's no question about that. He averaged four and a half yards a carry one year. He routinely averaged more than four yards a carry. Najee Harris struggles to get to four. I mean, right. it's that so, is what it is. I'll tell you who I think has been really disappointing and has changed because I think that – and look, the defense hasn't been bad. I think this has been more on the offense. But philosophically, Tyson Alualu was supposed to oh. do things to where they weren't needing to make other moves. And – they entrusted him so much where they essentially shut down the free agency portal. They just said, we're not going out and getting anybody because we don't need to, because this guy's so good. I don't get that at all. I don't yeah. understand that move. And I thought, and this is, this is, this is dumb. And you know, Stefan to retired, but they played themselves there. They really screwed the pooch on that one. I thought that the run defense would be better with Tyson Alualu, just assuming he would get back to what he was pre-injury. But at his age, I never should have assumed that. And that's a great lesson that I've learned there. I just assumed, oh, the run defense will be better. And, ooh, they've got some pieces on offense. This is a team that should be able to replicate last season's, and I'm putting this in quotes, success. And those guys have not lived up to the billing. Colin, this run defense. Right. It was the worst in the league last year. And statistically, it's not this year. But the pass defense has been bad. People aren't trying. Teams aren't trying to run the ball on them. But when they need to in crucial moments, they are. And that, to me, is so much bigger than just, ooh, they can't stop the run. It's they knew they were bad at it. They had a whole offseason to either scheme around it or fill it with personnel. And they were unable to fix a glaring hole. That, to me, just speaks to the team-building aspect and of the defensive coaching minds that they've got. And that is a massive, massive red flag. When you're that bad at something and you come back a year later after talking about it all offseason and addressing it all offseason, and it's not better, it speaks well, poorly of management. Two years in a row, too. It's Schobert and it's Miles Jack yep. that were supposed to help this run defense, and neither one of them did that. And both of those guys were trying to make up for how bad Devin Bush is which was a hometown guy, a guy that was drafted by them. It's There is nothing that is outside of the Ryan Shazier stuff, which is awful. Um, They're outside, far enough removed from that to be correct, able to move on. It's not a factor anymore. Yeah. And everything else seemingly is a miscalculation of talent. I, there's no other way to put it, whether <laughs> it's in free agency or whether it's in the draft. It's a miscalculation of talent uh, because you don't have to put – I mean, the free agency pool – why can't you get in that game and you're spending that much money? I get it. You got to spend it. I'd rather spend less money on the right people than expensive yep. money on guys who can't play. And they should, in a league where you can turn it around quick, they should be able to. I haven't looked at the numbers yet. We're not quite there, but they should be able to with a rookie quarterback's contract. They should be able to shore up some holes this offseason. And what they tried to do, and it kind of drives me nuts. Is they try? It actually does drive me nuts. Instead of going out and getting two guys that you know are good, they got six guys that were in their mind marginal upgrades over what they had, and 
okay, that makes you, in theory, better than what you were, but it doesn't make you good. And so I would like to see them, if they spend money on free agency this year, I'd like go buy a left tackle. Go go buy one, one that you know is good, and spend top-tier, top-flight money for that guy. Uh, they won't do that, though, I don't believe. That's not um, their MO. Not going to happen. You want to play quick hitters coming up next? Yes, I also have a question that... I don't know if we can talk about it quickly, but we'll, we'll try. You it's, start with that, yes. It's fourth down in the Steel City. Yeah! Matchup breakdown. Analysts on every game. Everything a Steelers fan can want. This is fourth down in the Steel City with your host, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Colin, I went back and I watched, and I wish I hadn't, but I did. Kenny Pickett's injury and then him coming off the field. Doran brought it up today on the morning show. And initially I thought, oh, well, they checked him out. They cleared him. That's fine. You put him back in because you think he's okay. That's fine. After watching it about a half dozen times, it sort of was Tua all over again. Now, not at if, – if Tua looked like a guy who had a blood, uh, blood alcohol content of .4, Kenny Pickett walking off the field looked like he probably was like a .15 who might have had a nice fun night. But he was still kind of wobbly coming off the field. That's supposed to be part of the protocol now is watching the video of the player being removed. I think they, the Steelers, the NFL, and Kenny Pickett are all very lucky that he did not get hit on that next series. I think they've avoided scandal, but just barely. I think it's 2022 and it's not 1968. And every single person who plays football understands while there are safeguards in place on the periphery and with other people, doctors, trainers, whatever, the ultimate fundamental decision comes down to them playing football and understand at the NFL level and understanding that debilitating and crushing and felling blows can happen to them and they're ultimately choosing to play. Thus, they're ultimately responsible for continuing to play. That's fair. Step making one step, one foot out there. Um, and that, that's just kind of where I am on it. Like all those safeguards, sometimes, sometimes you got five people and they're all distracted and happen to be looking the other way at the very same time. And no, none of those five people are looking. But for me, we know so, we know so little about head injuries, people say all the time. We also know so much. More than we ever have. Right. We know so much about the tragedies. We know so much about CTE and what's been developed. We know so much about mood swings. We know so much about the debilitating effects that it has had people both on people both long and short term. That there, while there are plenty of safeguards in place and people pay to implement those safeguards, you know when you step out there at that level, that there is a assumed risk that you might not be the same. And that's, that's where, look, are the protocols in place that try to help you through that? Sure. Absolutely. But it just feels like everybody else, everybody who plays risks that in that endeavor, or they could go get an office job. No, you're right about that. And I don't know that there's anything you can do to change the protocol. Like I'm not, I'm not saying that they need to do anything different. I think I actually align 
a lot with what you're saying. Uh, I do think the Steelers avoided what could have been a disastrous. Mm, what's the word I'm looking for? A disastrous looking scandal. I mean, it would have it would have looked bad. The optics would have been really bad had Kenny Pickett gone back out there and then got hit. But I do align with with you on, on most of what you're saying there. And then the other thing is, like, you can try to change the rules and you can try to change the protocol. You can never adjudicate football out of football. Football is inherently violent. The same way I always say, you can speed baseball up all you want. You're still never going to make it fast. Baseball is inherently slow. It's just what it is. Football is inherently violent. Quick hitters? Oh, real quick. No, real quick before that happens, though. Uh, the danger in that, and, and people say, well, let's, you know, be careful. We got to be careful. All right. The danger in this too is you take someone out of a football game and they are perfectly able and functional to play. And then you open yourself up for limiting their earnings and limiting their potential when they were able-bodied to play. Yep. Like there's a flip side of it. There's overreaching and overarching and saying, well, you held my guy out of a game. Okay, well, you know, and he was fine neurologically. He tested after the game, or he tested, he did not have a concussion. And, man, he came up four yards short of a bonus for $10,000. Or our team lost that football game because we had to use it. I think there's a danger, while there's a, certainly a danger in not being careful enough, there's also a danger in being too careful. Yeah, I'm with you on that, especially with the way our conversation went earlier where Doran was talking about, hey, if a guy gets a hit to the head, there should be consideration whether or not just to pull that guy from the game, which, I mean, you're really you're really changing the sport fundamentally then, uh, yes. a sport where people elect to play. Um, this isn't something that they're forced to do. This is something that they all elect to do. Okay, quick, quick hitters. hitters. Let's end it with it. You ready? I got some quick hitters in my brain and ones I'm going to think of on the fly. Uh Kyler Murray's a good football player. No. Woo. Cliff Kingsbury will survive this year. No. The best, the best running back in the NFL right now is who? My man for the Rams, or not the Rams, for the Raiders is a stud. And he was, they played him in a in the first preseason game, Colin, the Hall of Fame game, because they weren't enamored with him. And then he, bang, he's been one of the best, if not the best, in the NFL. I'll take him. Might be a recency bias. Will OBJ catch another pass in the NFL? Yes. Will Deshaun Watson make the playoffs as Cleveland's quarterback? Yes. Will Kevin Stefanski outlast Mike Tomlin as a head coach? No. Will Mike Tomlin coach in 2030 for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Oh, you're good. No. Ooh, no. I'm trying to make sure that these things make sense in my mind. I said Watson would win a playoff game, but Stefanski would be fired before Mike Tomlin. He'll win one with the new coach. Will George Perhaps Pitt Matt Canada. Between now... Between now and next Halloween, will George Pickens have another sideline outburst? Yes. How many percentage-wise, at least one play live, how many percentage-wise bowl games will you watch at least one play live? Probably 65%. Wow. I yeah. like that number. Okay. 
Um, West Virginia football, which you love dearly, you love so much, will be ranked in the top 12. The next time will be what year? As in they make the playoffs or just they're ranked at any point in the top 12? Any point in the season in the top 12. It'll happen in the next half decade. Ooh. Okay. Couple more. Watch, and you can expound on this one. Two coaches who are on Mike Tomlin's staff right now who won't be on it next year are who? Brian Flores is going to get another job. Okay. I'd probably get rid of Frisman Jackson, too. Danny Smith retained? Oh, yeah. Oh, he's (laughs) – Mike Tomlin won't be there in 2030, but Danny Smith will be. (laughs) All right. The crowds. The crowd for the Immaculate Reception Celebration game against Las Vegas. The uh, percentage uh, to capacity will be what? There'll be 58,212 people there, which would equate to, I don't know, the percentage. Yeah, in 91, something like that, 89. There you are. Um, it's a, just a guess. I threw it out there to try to fool people. Um, all right, two more. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> yes, I got two more, two more. The Steelers have four games left. They will win how many? Two. Oh, okay. The best football player right now on the planet is who? I'm just going to default Patrick Mahomes until he retires. Okay. Yeah. You know what? That's not terrible. That's not terrible. Everybody's trying to go and kind of catch the outside orb of that when maybe the the ball is still the ball. Yeah, I think it's. I think we overthink it. Like I heard a couple people this week. Well, Joe Burrow's best quarterback in football. Eh, maybe, but I'm going to default to Patrick Mahomes. And the thing I love about Mahomes quickly, and we'll wrap this up is. How many times do you really see things you've never seen before? We've seen a lot of football. Patrick Mahomes still does things I've never seen before, like that weird underhand sideline pass rolling no look the other night. He does things I've never seen. I'm going to I'm gonna go with that guy. Not bad. Uh, quick hitters, not, not terrible. All right. On Friday, Colin, I cannot yeah. wait to preview Steelers-Panthers because the Panthers could be in first place with a victory. Huh. Goodbye.